0: Oh, it's so good to be back with you all today. Hallelujah. And I it, one of the greatest things that can happen as, you know, we we move forward in ministry and uh become uh instead of the the young fiery uh youthful evangelist or whatever and then we start getting into the stage I'm at where you know, I I used to have all this hair and now I got this Holy Ghost skylight, you know. And uh you start feeling your age. And I see these young mission or ministers like this worship band come up. I heard that this was their first time they led worship today. And I thought, wow, God's going to do something with that bunch. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. That just encouraged me today. And um, when they were leading worship, <clears throat> Kaylin said, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed. That was just touching my heart, because that's where I'm at. I've been doing this mission in Czech and Slovakia now for 22 years, and this scripture just rose up when she spoke that today. You all know the verse, it's Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now what is that talking about? Faith From faith to faith. Well, well faith always has to flow from a higher level and into people that are still learning the faith. And he said, It's written, the righteous man shall live by faith. So today... I am going to just give you an explanation if you go ahead and put that uh, overhead up, please, of all amazing things. this was an amazing year of of God in the Czech Republic. You can go to the next one after that just um, yeah we'll we'll get there in a sec. Amazing year of outreach and a very difficult year of Many attacks from the enemy that were trying to stop us from doing what we 're called to do, but in the end you're going to hear an amazing testimony of how God delivered us out of a very severe attack against us and I just want to honor you know the the, the faith of people like Pastor Dale, who has imparted that faith into these younger generations like pastor c j and and into people like me who have drawn from that level of faith that comes from a whole life of serving God and then invested into my generation. And now we're investing it into CJ and Lisa's generation. And then we're investing it in these younger lions for the Lord. And it comes from faith to faith. But it's all about Jesus releasing faith from from people who have gone before us and, and seen great and wonderful miracles of God. And today, I just want to not, you know, brag up here like, oh, well, look at all that we've done. No, I am speaking as a, as a servant of God who has received faith from those great men and women of God that have gone before me. And now I'm just wanting to brag on Jesus because it's, it's about Him. Amen. And what He is doing in the earth. And so I'm speaking to you younger lions and everybody. In this room has a gift and a calling from God, but you 've got to have faith in order to see that thing come to pass in one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight I was a band director and a, a music and elementary teacher over at Little New Hope School that was part of uh, lighthouse in Perry and A lot of these young folks that are in this room right now were students of mine in eighth, ninth, tenth grade and I had no idea what God had planned for me, but I was receiving faith, uh, from Pastor Ko and Ina and other people that were just sewing into me. I got married to Tommy in that little church over there. And five years later, we, we had our, our son, Michael. We, we got married in that church and we'd had no idea, but God has led us to Czech Republic and Slovakia for the last 22 years. And it is amazing what God has done. Now you can see on the board up there, you know, when we went there in '98, I mean, in '88 when we got married, there were no churches over there. That most of them that were there were underground. But now our organization—it's called Church of New Hope—and we have nine churches. And actually, there's one more in a town in the middle, Yihlava, and so that makes ten. And then we added another one in Slovakia this year, so now we're up to eleven. And Olomouc, there, the second from the bottom, is where Tommy and I are pastoring currently. And we're so excited about the amazing things God is doing there because the harvest is truly white, but the laborers are few. And I just want to stir up the labor that's in you because everybody here is called to the Great Commission. Amen? Uh, uh, let's just start rolling through some of the pictures, if you would, please. Go to the next one. This is our ministry center called Podskali, which we started seven years ago. Now a lot of you have seen a few of these pictures, but I know there's a lot of new people here. Praise God! So I'm just going to show you some of the things that's going on. And we we reopened this uh, old restaurant out in the country. It's a beautiful area. Go to the next one, and you can see the nice hills surrounding it. And uh, we we do camps, retreats, seminars, youth. Uh, events evangelistic concert concerts and Bible school training in this complex next now we had some attacks this year we had a tornado a microburst come through you see across the road it knocked down about 5,000 trees and just 30 feet 30 feet from our house it, it wiped that whole hillside you saw those trees on that hill they're all gone it wiped the whole thing out. And Tommy was home at the time. I wasn't home, but she was praying and interceding, and she was looking, and we had you know, small pine trees. They were bent over 90 degrees to the ground. It was over 120-mile-an-hour winds. And yet our building, I just had one tree fall on the top. We had like four holes in the roof, but it could have taken the whole roof. It could have knocked the whole thing down. But God protected us from that incredible... Uh, Attack of the enemy. And I, I know it's because Tommy was praying in faith. Hallelujah. She, she knows how to pray. And she sends her greetings. She's actually in check right now. She'd love to be here with me. But she's preaching today in our church in Olomouc because she's got to keep things going while I'm over here. So just pray for Tommy. Next one. So some of you have seen this is our Mexican style because Tommy grew up in... New Mexico. And so we do serve enchiladas and burritos and tacos and huevos rancheros. But it's not Tex-Mex. It's (laughs) Chex-Mex. Yeah. Next. Now, that's how the building looked when we got it. (laughs) So you can see how much work we had to do to get this place up and running. We had to totally remodel the floors, the walls, the electric, the plumbing, everything. And it's been... Uh, An amazing work of faith. Amen. Everybody say faith. Hallelujah. Go to the next. So this is now our church in Olomotes. We just got this three and a half years ago. It, It used to be an auto parts store and we've turned it into a beautiful sanctuary. This seats 90 people. We had it all filled up at our Christmas service just a couple months ago. Next. Now this is Tommy there preaching at the women's conference. And we have whole new kitchen facilities so we can serve dinner with when we do these meetings because food and fellowship go together. Amen. And and I made Mark's Minnesota chili, and they asked for seconds. Now, see, God is doing miracles. <laughs> Amen. Next. Now, this is our uh outreach at Christmas time. We joined with six other evangelistic churches in our city. Uh, you can imagine. We live in a city of 120,000 and there's a total of seven Evangelic churches in the whole city. How many are in Stillwater? Probably at least 90, 100. Well, and Stillwater is a city of what? 40,000? Something like that when the college is full. Our city is 120,000 and we got seven churches and that's actually higher than the national average. So in Czech, we have less than half of 1% born-again Christians. That is time for revival. Yeah. Amen? Amen? But that's why we're there. Next. Anyway, we had 300 people come to our square down there. That's a big thing called a trojce. Well, the, It's a plague column. They built these back in the 17th century to keep the plague. They thought, well, if we build this big monument to God, hopefully the plague will stop. Well, it didn't stop. And uh, that's because monuments can't do... Anything they're, they're a stone and brick you know fixture that it, it it looks nice, but what what stops plagues is exactly what c G and Lisa were talking about praying for the sick amen, amen. and we 've got the revelation now now we do we 're thanking God at least this thing does point to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we just use it as a a tool to show the Czech history was built on a a Christian foundation, and we have to rebuild that. Next. So this is our band. I'm up there playing trumpet. We go out in the cold. It reminds me of the good old days when I was a Minnesota marching band guy, and the mouthpiece would freeze to my lip on that last game in November. But praise God. Now, I I knew that experience was good for something. Amen? Next. Next. This is our youth band. They go out and we play on that same square on December 6th. We have the St. Mikulash Day, and they give out little toys and candy to the kids. And uh it's a great way to use those opportunities to sing Czech Christmas carols and bring people back to the foundation that Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Amen? We need that reminder in America, too. <laughs> Amen. Next. And, and th- now we have our... um Music team from our church going into the nursing homes, and you see all the folks in their wheelchairs, you know, and Jesus said the wages are the same whether the people come in the first hour of the day or the 11th hour of the day. That means if they get saved in the end of their life, they still get the reward of eternal life. Now, a lot of those people grew up in communist times. They never have heard the gospel and so I we feel it's very important to go into those nursing homes and minister to the old folks. You know, we're not in the 11th hour. Some of those people are in the last five minutes, and they need to be saved. Amen? And so um, we, we're going in there on a regular basis, and God's given us favor with that place. Next, well, this is me up. We do a lot of outreach with the gypsies, and a lot of those kids have nothing, and You know, I'm teaching them how to be trumpets for Jesus. So we just, you know, (laughs) making a joyful noise and calling the people into church. Next. And we also do uh, outreach. This is a young violinist from northern England. He's married to a Slovak lady. We're ministering in a community that has 85% unemployment. You think we got problems in America? Let me tell you about economic problems. But as we just preach the gospel and give the message of hope, Go to the next one. Well, we had 70 people come and give their lives to Jesus that day. And and now that church, you know, in, in just one day went from 70 to about 140. And here's the thing. They didn't have any place to meet. They stood out in a vacant lot. Uh, if it was hot, they got sweaty. If it was raining, they got wet. They didn't have benches. They didn't have children's church. They had a vacant, dirt lot. And that's where they met in the Trebyshev area, for nine months. How many of you would go to church if you just had a vacant lot to stand in, rain, cold, whatever? But these people, they are serious about God because that's the only hope they have. Go to the next. So this, this is the pastor there on the left, and he's been preaching. These old buildings have been completely... Uh, I mean, they're, they're a mess. They, they had about 2,000 white folks living in those, but the, the city sewer, sewer uh, board shut the buildings down because they were backing up. When the rain would come, it wasn't designed properly, and it would back up the sewage. So they shut down the buildings, moved out the 2,000 white Slovaks, and moved in 7,000 gypsies in their place and shut off the water, electricity, and heat. That's how they treat gypsies. That's the current state in East Slovakia. And so you'll have five, six, eight people living in a one little room. There's no heat, so they drill holes through the wall and they burn these horrible, you know, tires, whatever they can get to burn, and that's leaking all over. And these little kids, they all have, uh, we were hearing about our sister's testimony about heal, healing from asthma. All those kids are sick over there. Either that or malnutrition. But see, that's why we gotta get in there with the gospel. Amen? And that's what we do. We don't just bring them the gospel. We bring them clothing and food and uh, medical stuff. Go to the next one. <clears throat> so this is, um, last year they had been all summer with no place. It was starting to get cold and, and we had this old evangelism tent. And I said, hey, pastor, we can use this as your church. <laughs> So we set up our big old tent. This was that first meeting, and the gypsy band was up there. I mean, and you talk about wild worship, those gypsies. It's a whole nother language, and it was awesome. And so um, they were so proud. that We had 120 people the first night, and it, it, they were so proud because this was their church. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Next. And, and so this is our assistant pastor Yark. And look at the intensity. Now, this is a Saturday morning meeting and they're hungry to learn about God. And, and so we have, we have got a responsibility as the kingdom of God to go in and make change in a place that needs change. Amen. Next. So this is our worship. I mean, our, our children's leader, Yana, and our youth leader, Andrea. And they're going out and just, they start playing games in the street. And pretty soon we'll have a crowd of 50 kids out there. And then we lead them to Christ. So 85% of the Christians in the world today have reached, you know, have accepted Jesus by the age of 15. So where is our biggest evangelism field? Children and youth. Amen? So that's what we're really focusing on is getting those younger generations into the kingdom. Next. Now this is some of the leaders from the Gypsy Church. You see how short they are. That's because of childhood malnutrition. (laughs) And they send a lot of their kids to bed at night with nothing but sugar water. They mix sugar and water and that's their supper because they don't have anything else. So you got all these kids with bad teeth and very bad nutrition. And, and so one of the things that this church is doing now, they have a afternoon school. See, the Slovak system is so underfunded. They only have school for the gypsies from nine to 12. Now they have it for the white kids from nine to three. But the gypsy kids, nine to 12. Figure that out. That's called prejudice, people. And prejudice is alive and well in the world. But Jesus hates it. And we have to kill it. Amen. And the gospel is the only thing that's going to kill it. Amen. So She, the the pastor's wife, has started an afternoon school that goes from one until four, and they teach reading skills and comprehension and Bible stories, and they play games to teach them math and basic skills, but they also give them something no one else does, a hot lunch, and for a lot of those kids, that's the only food they get, and so she has at least 50 to 60 kids, you know, different age groups, five days a week, and um, she still gives out the lunch to everybody. So what a wonderful work that they're doing in that community. Next. Now, this is some of our other activities with evangelism. We're very involved in teaching youth. So we have a group of about 60 young people from our nine churches in, in our area of Moravia. And we four times a year meet together. And here we're doing an outreach. Uh, Doing the cup song did you ever see the cup song that thing where they play the beat on the cups and make that cool rhythm? Some of the young people might have seen it and they're They're doing that right out in front of this big shopping center. We had favor of God and they gave us uh, A permit to do this and the people stop and then go to the next one Then I have our youth band that's me and our Our youth on the left and then on the right We have the singers and dancers from the other churches and we just preach the gospel and that night we had people come in from that. We had 11 people get saved in that meeting that night. So praise the Lord. Next one. Uh, this is another thing we do with the youth. This is our tie-dye coral robes at our summer English camp. And, uh, they love it. You know, we, we, we sing gospel songs and we invite the parents for parents night and have a big program at the end of the week. And it's a great time that we use the Bible scriptures, but we're teaching English. So some of you, if you, want to come and help us uh, in July, from July 9th to 18th is our summer camp time. We'd love to have some volunteers come. All you got to do is love kids and speak English, <laughs> and we'll put you to work, and it's a great time. Next. This is our camp band. You know, I'm an old band director, so you give me an instrument, I'm going to stick it in a child's mouth and teach him how to play, and some of you just last year gave me a couple instruments, and they're up there now. Next. Uh, then we have a parents night, as I said. We invite the whole community to come and they actually look forward to this. Even the unsaved people want to hear what the kids are doing. Next. And this is me. You know, I, I've got that green slip of paper. That's a Bible buck. So we give them an incentive. We teach them, you know, memory verses or we have ac- activities. And, and then when they do it right, we, they get a Bible buck as a positive incentive. And then the end of the week, they can buy you know, a little toy or something from our Bible box store. But it's a great way to get the kids motivated to learn about Jesus. And most of our growth in our church has come from these English camps. Because first the kids get saved, then they start p- telling their parents, and then the parents come and get saved. So thank God for that. Our our youth group has grown from about two uh, when I first came back there, now we have about 16 every Friday. And it's all, all those kids got saved at English camp. Next. And so this is our outdoor pergola where, uh, this is Fred. He's a professor of economics at Kentucky University. And he comes every year because he just loves our kids. Praise God. Next. And this is something we added new. <laughs> we had a a boat trip uh, on the Sleszka Harta. It's a big reservoir lake just north of us, about 45 minutes. And we had all the kids on these paddle boats. The problem was they didn't have enough boats for all of our kids. We had about 50. And so I had to take the rowboat, and I had three kids with me who had never been in a boat before. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm from Minnesota. Everything's going to be fine. And we were out paddling around with all the other boats and these older kids came and they started splashing us and our three kids
1: oh well we got a
0: splash back they all went to one side of the boat the boat flipped over we all went in the water and i'm like glory to god get over here you know I-, I helped all the kids i'm a good swimmer so i got all the kids safe but that boat sunk like a rock <laughs> yeah and I'm-, I'm holding on the rope and the think, blow 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 you know and you know, but God is faithful, amen? And I, we went back in there, and the guy said, where's my boat? I said, well, it's sunk. It's sunk? You know, that's like $800, and he wants the money right now. And I'm, oh, no, God help me. What am I going to do? Well, there was another parent on the trip with us, and he he says, Mark, don't pay him. He said, that boat is supposed to have a flotation collar, and it's illegal, and if the water safety board came, they'd shut this whole place down. And he you know, he said, I know you, you feel bad about it, but that boat should not have sunk like that. And so he went in there and the guy says, Oh, you gotta pay this money and blah 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 and the guy says, Oh no. He says, Should we call the water safety board and tell him you're running boats without flotation collars? And well, uh, maybe we should talk about this, you know, we'll think about it. And it turned out, praise God, that we didn't have to pay. But that was an exciting day at the boat trip. Anyway, next. So this is now we have an English day out uh, at Podscali. We we can't go into the schools and teach. Uh, it's similar to here. You can't openly preach about Jesus in the schools. So we do concerts and build a relationship with the principals. They like what we're doing, and we we just talk about um, you know being careful about drug abuse. And, and alcohol abuse and making right choices in your life, and then the the, the principals bring their kids out on a separate day. We had one hundred ten kids, it was three bus loads of kids. They come to Pokalily and we have what 's called English day out well they 're on our turf now, so we preach the gospel <laughs> hallelujah and And the kids love it. We do games and songs and sport craft ideas and and in all those things we 're preaching the gospel next. Uh, This is a lady from Chicago, and she doesn't speak any Czech, but the love of Jesus breaks every language and cultural barrier. Amen? And she's teaching the crafts, and all you got to do is love people, and they'll see Jesus, and they'll come. Amen? Amen. Next. Now, this is our gospel choir team, also from Chicago. They came with 17 singers, and you can see a few white folks from Czech mixed in. Um, We did a concert up in Bruntal. And it's beautiful. These people come; they pay their own airfare. We live pretty Spartan. I work them like I work them hard because I've only got them for a week. So we did twelve concerts in a week, and that's running. But praise God, we had thirty-three people come to the Lord. Next one, and you see right there, people come up and they want to make decisions and ask Jesus into their heart. I have a translator. The pastor's there on the left. And another 11 people made decisions for the Lord. Hallelujah. That's how it is, just going out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in, and they're coming. Hallelujah. Next one. So this is an inside concert. We rented out the nicest hotel ballroom in Olomotes. We had about 250 people come. This is a young man, James, from northern England, and he's, like I said, married to a Slovak woman who does amazing things on that violin. So I was really blessed to see Dominique playing that violin today. That was just really a touch from the Holy Ghost. And, and this is what he does. He, he's got such incredible talent. Uh, the Anointing breaks every yoke. So many people have these intellectual resistances to the truth of the gospel. But when you saturate them with the anointing of the presence of God, you can go right past that intellectual resistance and touch their hearts with the truth. And they get saved. Praise God. That's what we need to do more of. Next. Uh, the, 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 here's these two ladies from Chicago. They don't speak any Czech. And this girl came up. And I love how the, the, the treasure hunting ideas where you just go out and you just make yourself available. This girl just spoke enough English that they could minister and she had some problems in her life. They began to pray. The Holy Ghost got all over her and she ended up giving her heart to the Lord. See, it's it's not that hard. You just got to be where the people are and love them and pray for them and they come. Next, this is Corey out in the street in front of our Olemoc Radnitz, and he gets them up dancing. I mean, it's infectious. It's that Chicago gospel style. And boy, they can dance. And the people come right up and start dancing on the street. It's great. And then they get saved. Hallelujah. Next. Now, this is an amazing concert. Uh, we were up in Katowice, Poland. And, uh, you know, the people love the music. You can see they they come out and they start dancing, and the people are enjoying it but when we get up and start preaching sometimes the people start oh it's some of those crazy guys you know and the thing that God did is he just gave me this intense love for the Polish people and and a lot of them are very nervous because Russia is right next door you know they've already taken over a huge hunk of Ukraine and Poland is afraid they're gonna (laughs) Russia's gonna come right on in and take Poland because Putin has this idea that Poland, Czech, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, he, he still thinks those, those countries belong to Russia. And he wants to rebuild that Russian empire. People don't think he's just gonna sit there in Ukraine. No. He wants to take back what he thinks is theirs. And the Polish people are nervous. And, and I, I got up and I said, you know, God loves Poland and, and he has a great future, but you cannot rely on, on guns and missiles and tanks. You have to rely that you come and, and build the foundation strong on Jesus Christ again in Poland. Amen? And and the people just responded. The crowd actually grew to about 300. I did an altar call. Go to the next. We had 17 people come right up on the street and give their lives to Jesus right there on the, on the middle of that square. And then it's just like picking fruit off the tree. We got the church people there and they're going up and we're, we're passing out Bibles. We invite them to church. We had 30, over 30 new people in church that night. Now that was a small church, like 30 people is what they usually have. And just one day, there's 60 people in church and I'm telling you, that pastor was on fire. He was so, I mean, he was dancing. He says, you gotta come back every year next week, you know, and, uh, It's so encouraging to see how the gifts and the anointing of God are are being used creatively to break into new areas and new nations of the world. And And folks, you all have a part in this because New Covenant has been sending me for about 15 years. I've been part of your missions giving. And I just want to thank New Covenant because without you, I can't do what I do over there. Amen? Give the Lord a hand for all that New Covenant's doing. And I'm not just alone. I mean, New Covenant supports a lot of missionaries. And you need to be proud of that, and you need to be committed to that. Because that—that that is where the anointing of God is going to break the yoke in still water because you're sowing in the nations of the world. Amen? Next. This is... On a street meeting uh, in Turnova, James is so anointed in the spirit, he just starts ministering on his guitar, and I'm playing the trumpet. We had, you know, within 10 minutes, about a 100 people on the street. We And we give the altar call and preach a little bit, and another four people came up. And all these towns, we did outreaches, and people got saved. Turnova, Pezino, Kromizhish, Olomot, Opova, Poland, Katowice, Dobrova, Grunica. And in these towns, people are getting saved. Hallelujah. And I just want to encourage you today, every one of you, there's a harvest waiting for you too. Amen? Right here in Stillwater, there's a harvest. But you just got to get activated in your faith in the Great Commission. Amen? Because that anointing, it goes from faith to faith. And I'm showing you pictures of what faith is doing in Czech and Slovakia. And I want this faith to just come through me and get into you that the same Jesus that's saving people over there is going to save them right here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Amen? Amen. Next. And now we're also involved in in Bible school training. And this is a big passion on my heart because I'm at that age in life, I realize I've got to invest the giftings and callings in me into the next generation of leaders and potential pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, young musicians, worship leaders, children's and youth ministers, media people that can get on the computer and do all these amazing things. Uh, and so we've started this, what's called Church Planning University, and this was last spring in Budapest, and we had meetings. Well, it was about 73 people from six different nations, and, and we do these um, seminars. It's four weekends a year, and we have those tracks I just told you about pastoral worship, helps media, children's, and youth. But now <clears throat> we need to localize it and do the same kind of Bible school, but in, in Czech, that's ministering in the Czech language to the Czech people in Slovak, because they're similar. So the Lord's put it on my heart to start this Bible school. It's called a Modular Bible School. And I, I gave a, a talk at Asbury Seminary in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky just two weeks ago. And they, they asked if I would become the Central European Coordinator for their Modular Bible School whereby the Czech and Slovak pastors and leaders can get college credit through this course that's going to be in Podskaly. But I have to be enrolled in the um, church planning and international studies program. And that means I'm 61 and I'm going back to school <laughs> online. I, I have to go there for one week every year. So I'm coming back, or two weeks. I'm coming back in uh, September to do with my meeting with my cohorts and intense training. And then we'll start this in the uh, end of September and check. And what it is, they they. Come one weekend a month to Podskal. I can take up to thirty students because we have lodging for thirty people, and they'll take three hours on Friday night, spend the night, and then on Saturday morning nine to twelve, and then uh, lunch, and then one to five. So that means they get ten hours intensive training one weekend a month. And the the, the beauty of this is it doesn't pull those future leaders out of their home church. They can just come. One week in a month, and then they're back home in church on Sunday. And it doesn't pull them away from their families or their church that much. It's just one week in a month. And if they do these 10 modules, they get three college credits per uh, year, per 10 uh, modules. And so I'm going to be enrolled in this myself. And as I'm, you know, conjointly studying this program, then I'm also teaching it. And then I'll end up with my master's. <laughs> at the age of 64. <laughs> so you just never know what's coming at you, you know? But you have to be ready for what God's telling you to do. And God's stretching me in new directions. And I want to encourage you. He wants to stretch you in new directions. Amen? And I I, I was so blessed by this one woman. I was up in Connecticut um, just a couple weeks ago. And this woman had been really touched by the... Ministry of the Treasure Hunting and Sozo and all that's come out of Redding, California. And, and so she got this idea about just going up and grabbing people's hands and praying for them. And I thought, now that's a beautiful thing. And this is a woman in her 50s. She's never done like much evangelistic type of ministry, but she just got faith to do this. And so she was in a bookstore. Uh, not, not a bookstore, sorry. Uh, a health food store. And, and, you know, it's, she's been getting like different vitamins and protein powder because her, her and her husband are on, you know, a health kick to get healthy so they can serve the Lord better. That's good. And, and this guy that works there, you know, he's a darker skinned guy. She didn't know if he was Hispanic or what, but, uh, she just was trying to minister to him and he was real standoffish. He didn't want to have any fellowship with her. And, she went there several times, and one day she came in. And he was just, oh, you know, making the, oh, you know, and she turned around. Sir, are you all right? He said, oh, he said I'm just having problems with my back. He said, I, I work here all day. I have to stand up all day, and I got a lot of work at home with my family, and I, my back has just really been hurting lately. And she, she said, would you like me to pray for you? Because I, I believe God wants to heal you. And he was just like, stunned, you know, she's just give me your hand. She just reached over, didn't wait for him to say yes. She just grabbed his hand and says, Lord, I, and, and she starts praying for the guy and his eyes got big like saucers. You know, he was quite taken aback, but he didn't pull away. Now she's learning. She does this everywhere she goes. And she says, never once has someone pulled their hand away. And, and she's seen miracles happening. This is what CJ and Lisa are talking about just having the faith to step out and touch somebody. Well, this guy's kind of in shock, and she prays for healing in Jesus' name. And she says, God bless you, sir. And, And he's just standing there looking at her, like, not knowing what had just happened. And she gets out to the car, and the guy comes running after her. Open the window, open the window. And he throws in all these coupons and savings you know coupons and things for free gifts from the health food store he said thank you i feel much better now i don't know what you did but it really worked (laughs) yeah amen and she's looking through the car window and she says oh well god bless you what's your name and his his name tag was bent over like this and she straightened up god bless you uh mohammed (laughs) and he was a muslim And just last week, when I was up in Connecticut, he and his whole family ended up giving their lives to the Lord. They they didn't televise. They usually televise it. But praise God. Several kids, his wife, and another relative, and they all got baptized in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now see what happens when you just step out in faith and just take someone by the hand and start praying for them. Amen? We've got to learn to be bold in the Spirit. It's not time to be, well, I'm just gonna try to win them by my good lifestyle. <laughs> well, if that would work, they'd already be saved. <laughs> you have to touch them with the gospel. You have to demonstrate the power of, it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, cause it's the power of Christ unto salvation. Amen? And it's time to stop being ashamed, folks. We got the best news in the world. And yeah, you're going to get a little resistance. I get a lot of resistance. Now I'm going to show you about what happened. Go to the next one. Our newest challenge here is to bring 20 refugees from Iraq whose town was overrun by ISIS. They've been living in a refugee camp in Lebanon for eight months, escaping with only the clothes on their backs. They have been living in the tents right up till now in the winter, in tents. And that's not just a few people, folks. There's 1.5 million refugees scattered all through Europe. It's the worst refugee crisis since World War II. At the end of World War II, all those homeless people trying to get back to where they came from. And, and this is a huge, huge problem. Or it can be seen as a huge, huge opportunity if we got the right heart. Now, see... A lot of people are afraid. But look at it this way. We couldn't do any preaching of the gospel in those Middle East nations for more than 50 years because they're so um, closed to the gospel. So look, God just brought a 1.5 million people from the Middle East into Europe where we can openly preach the gospel to them. Hallelujah! How big is God? Well... This, I mean, God had to get my attention to open up for this idea. So what happened? Well, we had all this amazing evangelism in the spring. All these people got saved. The gospel concerts, things were going good. And then suddenly, <laughs> our dear friend Robert, who had our business license in his name, also the building, our Podscally was in his name, Because when I first came to Czech, seven years, we'd lived ten years in Slovakia. My residency was in Slovakia. Came back to Czech, I couldn't have property or a business in my name until I lived there at least five years, and then have to go through this long process of getting my visa. Well, so I put it in Robert's name, very dear friend, and he died in May of an aortal aneurysm suddenly, 48 years old. I mean, it just hit him in one day, and they tried to operate, and... He was gone, and nothing was in his wife's name. So then I found out he had he had another business uh, as a, like a carpentry shop that he did installations and so forth, and he had used Postscali as a collateral on those business loans. And so now they came and said, well, because. All of this stuff was in his name it 's not in his wife's name. We have to put it into inheritance court, and it took i mean one, three, five months, six months, seven months, and it's all tied up in court because they took all of his assets and put them into one big pile, including Pocully, and they had to pay off these bills well i'm I'm crying out to God. What is, what's happening, Lord? You, I, I know you told me to get this. We've seen the fruit of that building. And now it's 10 months, and we're still locked up in the probate court, and it's getting crazy because the bureaucracy there is just beyond belief. And I, Tommy and I had time in prayer. Uh, we I start the year with fasting and prayer, and I'm calling out to God, and he says, Mark, I'm doing a new thing. And you need to open your eyes in another direction. And I'm one. What does that mean? Well, then I read this scripture. Go to the next one. It's Isaiah 58. It says, Is this not the fast which I choose, saith the Lord, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? And when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Well, That's pretty clear. When he says, bring the homeless poor into your house, you know what that means? It means bring the homeless poor into your house. <laughs> but a lot of us, that, that's too big. That's asking too much. And I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, bring the homeless poor into your house. There's 1.5 million of them roaming around Europe right now, and you need to give some people a home. And he said, don't hide yourself from your own flesh, folks. We come to church on Sunday, and we, we sing hallelujah, and we might give in the offering, and we say amen and clap our hands. But a lot of times we use our Christian veneer to hide ourselves, from our own flesh which wants to just disobey what God says because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to reach out and pray for somebody that's sick when you're afraid they're going to reject you. It's uncomfortable sometimes to come to prayer meeting or the early morning Bible study or to walk in love with someone or to invite homeless Iraqi refugees into your house. That's not comfortable, is it? But that's what God said we'll do. And then what will happen? He said, then your light will break out like the dawn. And your recovery will speedily spring forth. And your righteousness will go before you. And his glory shall be your rear guard. Oh, now that sounds like revival to me. Amen? But we got to step out and obey. The glory of the Lord is coming, people. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he'll say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst. Amen. That means every yoke of judgment, every yoke of prejudice, every yoke of superiority, every yoke of ego and selfish ambition, and just give our lives totally to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what that's talking about. And, and so God just put it on our hearts and, and we contacted a ministry called Generation 21. It's a Canadian Mission that has a, a zeal to help the Iraqi and Syrian Christians who have been chased from their homes by ISIS and give them a new beginning and a new start out of these refugee camps. And there's two Czech, well, they're Iraqi nationals who got saved in the 90s and had to get chased out of Iraq by their families that wanted to kill them. They got a asylum in Czech, they married Czech women, and now they have families there, but, but they speak Arabic But they also speak Czech. And so they've been going with Generation 21 into the refugee camps and identifying who is really Christian. Because a lot of them say we're Christians, but they're only saying that to get out of the refugee camp. But they really spend time. They go to church with them. They worship together. And they've identified now 153 Iraqi Christians that were chased out of their homes near Mosul and, and ran for their lives to Kurdistan and then to Lebanon, and now they're in Europe. And, and so they are dividing those 153 people between five different cities. And Olomouc needs to have a quota from the EU in order to get the EU money uh, spout turned on. And so they needed to bring these people in, but they didn't have anywhere to put them. And so God says, go to the social services. Say, I got room for 20 people. (laughs) And so I go there, and they say, oh, we've been really looking for somebody. And and we'll help provide a translator. And you can even hire two of the Iraqi men in your restaurant. And the city, the state employment service, will pay pay their salary for four months and their insurance and everything. And I said, well, (laughs) sign us up. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amazing. In less than two weeks, the whole court thing was finished. <laughs> and I'd been struggling for 10 months. In two weeks, we got the court thing. I got the building in my name. And then I said, well, if I'm going to have all these Iraqi folks, i got to have a business license. So, you know, we, we, have, we have to have a license from the hygiene department to do the feeding and open up our kitchen again because it's been closed for 10 months. In three days, I had the business license. That does not happen in check. But see what God does. When we open our heart to minister to the poor and the homeless, boom, God is with us. Amen? Amen. And so I just want to encourage all of you today. God is with us. And we've got a bright future. And who's going to be the best evangelist to reach all those Iraqi and Syrian people? Well, those Iraqi Christians are going to come and receive blessing and help. And we're not just going to give them our place, but then we're going to find them apartments. And our five church alliance in Olmos is going to help them get, go to the next one. Clothing, beds, furniture, tables, a refrigerator, a washer, all that stuff that we need. Go to the next one. I've, I got to hurry up. And I'll go back to that. We, we, we need to hire an assistant for Tommy because she's 68. And it, it takes a lot to take care of 20 people. How many know what I'm talking about? And and we need blankets and towels and toiletries and school supplies, a washer. We need a new washer. you know how much laundry that is for 20 extra people in your house? It's work, people. We've got to be realistic. And then we need to set them up in probably three to four apartments, and we need language training aids so they can learn Czech and get accustomed to break into Czech society. And here is the... The motivation for that. Now go back to that scripture right above this. No, it's one more. It was that one. Okay. Now, this is a familiar scripture, but I want to use this as an encouragement for you all today, and then I'm going to finish. Uh, This scripture talks about God who is going to fulfill his word and bring us back to this place. Jeremiah was talking about back to the place of worship, back to the house of God in Jerusalem, bringing back all the captives and the dispersed people and drawing them back into God's house. Isn't that what we need right now in America? (laughs) We need to draw the people back into the house of the Lord because our country is going in a lot of bad ways. But see, when we are are focused with faith in what God has promised us and being obedient to every one of our calling and reaching out to somebody, that is going to cause God's anointing to draw all of His lost sheep back into the house. Amen? And today, when you help me to go and draw the people in there in Czech and Slovakia and draw in those Iraqis, you see, those Iraqi immigrants are going to be the greatest witness to all those other Iraqi and Syrian Muslims because they understand the language, they know the culture, and they're going to be the best evangelists we can find. Amen? God's got a plan. And this is what this scripture says. Verse 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Everybody, put your hand on your heart and say, God's got a plan for me. And what kind of a plan? He says, plans for welfare and not for calamity. Now, don't think that means, oh, God wants me to go on welfare. (laughs) No. (laughs) He says he's got a plan for your welfare. That means you're good. That means you're blessing and to give you not some calamity and difficulty. I, I thought I was in calamity, folks. When when Robert died and the whole place went into receivership and we had to shut down the whole summer and I lost all these concerts that we'd planned and all this stuff, lost a lot of revenue. It was a bad year. But then God says, no, this is a calamity that is not over yet. And I'm going to turn it around for your welfare and to give you a future and a hope. Everybody put your hand right here and say, God has a future for me and a hope for me. And I gotta tell you folks, it's good. Don't you start getting all down and worried because I know we got a political mess that is unbelievable. I know we got economic stuff that's kind of topsy-turvy. There's a lot of things in America that don't want to lend themselves to hope. But God says, I got a future and a hope for your welfare and your peace. Amen? Amen. And it doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter how messed up things are. Jesus has a good hope and a future for every one of us who are serving him with joy and with obedience. Amen? Amen? And when we sow into those purposes, whether it's just tithing into your local church, folks if every church just tithed, I wouldn't have to come back here and itinerate for eight weeks and drive 5,000 or 6,000 miles. The churches would have more than enough. <laughs> but folks, we got to get that reality. When we tithe, we're sowing into that future and hope that God has for us that no matter how messed up the world is, God is still going to bring forth that, that blessing and cause us to have more than enough for every need and charitable donation. Amen? Amen. And folks, I've got to tell you today, when you sow into this, it's not about sowing into me. It's about sowing into the harvest of the nations. And And listen to this scripture now. He says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That we're talking about intimate fellowship with the Lord. That's when people don't just show up on Sunday and then go out the rest of the week and don't even talk to God, don't even read the Bible. No, we're talking about you will call upon the Lord and you'll come and pray intimate fellowship with me and I will listen to your prayers. God will listen to your prayers. He will do everything you need. Look at what he's done for us. I mean, how many missionaries, you know, they have a restaurant and... All these things that God has done for us. I mean, it's amazing. But it's just because Tommy and I just listened and did what he said. <laughs> and he's doing it. Amen? Well, he'll do the same for you. But he says, Then you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen? That's not just talking about a little Sunday morning show. You know, oh, hallelujah. Wasn't that a good service today? Yes, honey. Where are we going to go for lunch? <laughs> you know, and then you, you go out the door and you, okay, well, we did our religious duty and now let's think about us. <laughs> Mm-mm. See, when you search for the Lord with all your heart, that means it's a consuming, burning desire to fulfill the plans and the gifts that God has invested into your life and do something great for his kingdom. Amen? That means that you want to be on fire for God. That you're not going to be ashamed of the gospel, but you're just going to go in every situation and be that bright light for Jesus. That's the people who are searching for God. Amen? And he says, you'll find me. You'll find me. You'll find my presence. You'll find the answers for healing. You'll find the answers for deliverance, for financial blessings. You'll find me, says the Lord. Amen? Everybody put your hand right here and says, I'll find you, Lord. When I search for you with my whole heart. I'm searching for you right now. Show me your plan plans for welfare and peace and not for calamity to give me a future and a hope that is bright full of your glory and you will hear me as I hear you in Jesus name amen I'm going to close now and I turn it back over to Pastor CJ, and I I encourage you to come out to our mission table. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can get the email or the snail mail version. We have some books for a $15 donation. I have a real good book by Fred Price about God's prosperity even in the end times. It's very good. And I have another, I think I got one or two of those blood moon books. It's also good about, you know, the prophetic times that we're in. And if you can put something in that offering box, I would greatly appreciate it. Maybe some of you, the Lord's touching your heart today. You can sign up and say, Mark, we want to give you $25 a month. Folks, I need your help. Uh, In 2008, I had 14 supporting churches. Now I have four. That means our income is down by 60% since 2008. And I've got to make a change in that. I need your help. And some of you, you can you can honor the Lord by just saying, okay, I'm going to send you $20 a month, maybe $50, maybe $100. I don't know. But if God's speaking to your heart, then that's your key. If you're seeking Him, and He says, I want you to do this. It's just like He was seeking us to open our house to those refugees, and then everything started to open up. And now, I mean, it's amazing what God's doing. Well, Open up your heart and just obey the Lord. That's all I'm going to ask. And if maybe you don't have anything to give, well, get it on the newsletter. Get our calendar out there. Stick it on your refrigerator and say, Lord, I'm praying for Mark and Tommy. Help them to minister to those refugees and teach them how to be evangelists for your kingdom and help them reach all those Czech and Slovak people that your kingdom be glorified in the nations of Czech and Slovakia. If you can pray, God will do the rest. Amen? Thank you for your heartfelt attention today. God bless you. We love you dearly. Serve the Lord. Amen.
1: Let's go ahead and stand together. And I just want to remind you about the offering box that's out there. Again, just if you would like to give... uh, write a check, just make it out to NCF, and we'll make sure that all of it goes to uh, Mark and Tommy Brunner and our ministry. You know, and I was thinking, if you've, you know, we've heard a lot about the refugees from the Middle East and all the chaos and the things that's going on and the political debate and all that kind of stuff, and if it's been in your heart to be able to help in a, in a specific way, here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity to make a difference in 20 people's lives, and, and then when they cycle out and then you know, if it continues and everything. So if you've had that desire, here's one way that you can, you can fulfill that, all right? Father, we thank you for you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your challenge, your encouragement, your blessing in our lives. We thank you for your healing, our bodies. We thank you for what you're doing in us and what you're going to be able to do through us. So we just open our hearts to you, ourselves to you, Lord. And we want what you want. It's all about you and your kingdom. And we thank you that you are equipping, preparing, healing, delivering us so we can go and see you glorified in wonderful ways. Lord, I just speak and release your blessing on every person here and every family. I just thank you that you're going with them as they go. And, Lord, we are not ashamed of you. We are not ashamed of your gospel. And we will give you the opportunity to minister to and love on people through us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, you guys. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time.